This episode of the Guitar Speak podcast is brought to you by the Michael Dolce 2016 Funk Fusion Masterclass. Check this out. Hi guys, this is Michael Dolce inviting you to my 2016 Funk Fusion Masterclass Tour. To give you a brief rundown of what the night consists of, we get 10 players in a room in a really relaxed atmosphere, nothing too intimidating. We cover soloing over the one chord vamp. I will be sharing all my concepts that have worked for me over the years and I still use to this very day. The idea is to show you guys these ideas and apply them to your own voice. If you feel that you know how to play a pentatonic scale and a major scale, that's all you really need. Um, if you're interested in attending the class, you can book through my website at www.michaeldolchimusic.com. So I look forward to chatting with you all and hopefully catch you at my next masterclass. Cheers for now, guys. Hi there, you are listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. My name is Matt Wakeling and thank you so much for joining me. Now today we continue our conversation with John Sullivan, Sully from Sully Guitars. In this episode, he speaks in depth about working with Grover Jackson. That is such a great story. He also talks about new plans uh, for, for new guitars or redesigns from the Sully line. And also a little bit about the Luthierist podcast that he co-hosts with another great Luthier, Paul Roney. Now, as you know, if you listen to episode one or part one of this, this episode, um, Sully is a huge Kiss fan and a huge Ace Freely fan. And as I mentioned, he's got a big tattoo of Ace on his forearm and uh, he knows all the tunes and grew up with them. I emailed, I emailed um, Sully. I said, what do, you, what do you think about, you know, the Spaceman character being, you know, somewhat even franchised out? Uh, of course, Tommy Thayer is, is doing that role now. And by all accounts, Tommy is a great guy and a brilliant guitar player. But I was just wondering if a, a diehard fan found it weird that... Um, the character now is, is interchangeable between uh, performers of that role, perhaps, if you will. So Sully had a really interesting take on that. So that's added on at the end of this episode. That's like a bonus little thing. Also, um, Sully uh, has got a version of Calling Dr. Love, the, the classic tune, where, where he's, a friend of his had the stems of the, um, of the recording. So they took the guitars out and he played all the guitar parts which must have been heaps of fun. So you'll hear that at the end of the show too. And sneak, uh, sneak peek or spoiler alert, Sully nails it. Nails the tones, nails the parts. Good times. All right, here we go. Here's part two of my conversation. And I, uh, I start by asking what it's like working with Grover Jackson. Tell me about working with Grover Jackson because you were into him as a kid, obviously. Yeah. This is, this is full on. So explain how that whole situation came about. Um, yeah, so uh, backing up a little bit. Um, so I started, uh, I want to say in like 2012, 2011 or 2012, um, Grover got back into the guitar building, uh, building business, mm -hmm. uh, as, as a company. Um, one thing that, that people may or may not know is that Grover builds guitars for a ton of people. Okay. Um, some of it's known, some of it's not known. So I'm obviously not going to share that stuff. But um, is this, can I just jump in? Is this what we call OEM? Yeah, yeah. 
So yeah. that's mm-hmm. and that stands for is it? Um... It well, it's, it stands for uh, like original equipment manufacturer. Okay. Um, you know, some people will call it ghost building. Okay. Uh, some people call it, you know, we, we do OEM work for people. Some people call it like a white label, you know, where we, you have the product and you can just slap your name on it. Um, Grover doesn't really do much of that. But um, yeah. I can tell you, uh, there's an amp company called Friedman. Yep. Uh, yep. So the Marshall the kind of vibe things. Yes. Yeah. And they also now have a guitar line. Oh, okay. Wow. Didn't know that. Grover makes those. And that is not a secret. So that's, I mean, I can. Oh, okay. I'm, yep. I'm, perfectly okay to say that Grover builds all of those. Those are, that was a, that's a collaboration between, uh, the company that owns Friedman and, uh, and Grover. Oh, cool. Um, so anyway, so he, he decided to start building guitars again and, uh, a co- and started this company called GJ2. GJ2, yep. And, uh, I was really excited about it. And I remember seeing a press release, you know, the return of Grover Jackson. And I'm like, that's, that's, that's just the best. Yeah. And, you know, and, and it's kind of like, I don't even care what the guitar looks like. As long as Grover is building guitars that make him happy, mm-hmm. that, uh, we all win. Yeah. Um, that guy is, as far as I'm concerned, and I've, I've told him so on a, f- a few occasions, he is the Leo Fender and Tad McCarty of, of our generation. Some people might argue that that's Paul Reed Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, fair, that's fine. Um, Grover was first and uh, you wouldn't have a super strat without Grover. So um, that the the soloist was the, you know, if you, yes, Eddie Van Halen had a hot rodded Stratocaster, but it was still a Stratocaster body. The, the smaller body, the longer points, the 24 frets, the soloist, that was the very first, you know, super strat that set the mold for billions of copies. Anyway. um, So GJ two is happening and I'm really excited about it. And uh, there are, here in Dallas, there are two um, guitar shows each uh, twice a year, yeah. and uh, so there's this Dallas guitar show, and it's kind of a big deal. You know, a lot of it is uh, you know kind of like swap meets where you'll you'll find a bunch of like you know if you want to go see a bunch of old vintage Les Pauls and Tellys and Strats and stuff, mm-hmm. if you want to drop fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars, <laughs> it, it's a good place to go, yeah. um, and it's it's cool to see those guitars. Um, but, you know, and then there are some guitar builders that are there. And I had found out that GJ2 was going to have a stand at the Dallas Guitar Show. I don't normally go to the Dallas Guitar Show or the or guitar shows because I kind of have a short attention span for them. And I, yeah, I walk around like, yep, old guitars, cool. Um, but so I went and uh, Grover had the company with a, a man named John Gold at the time. And uh, Grover wasn't there. Uh, John had the stand and had... Uh, at that time, they just had one model called the Arete, which is a tough name to pronounce. It's a Greek word that means excellence in all forms or something to that extent. Uh, A-R-E-T-E. It's tough. And it's, you know, it's kind of uh, his version of the soloist that he created. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there were a bunch of them. And I was really excited to play them. And, and I picked the thing up. And it was like how I was talking about it's it's really important for me to have guitars get out of the way it was it, all i could do was play yeah. it played wonderfully it felt very much like the guitars that i knew um in you know jackson's and and so it, it had that feel but it was also spoke to me in a manner of yes that's what i did and that's valid and some of that is here but here's what i'm doing now yeah. and here's what i've learned so i can kind of apply some of that um and uh, 
and I couldn't have been more excited. There, I was so it, it, that day. I'm like, these the, the guitars that Grover's making right now are the only guitars that I would actually be willing to buy. I'm kind of I'm not gonna I'm not really buying guitars anymore, you know. Sure. Um, and uh, but I would buy those. And um, so I kind of built a friendship with John Gold. And, uh, you know, they make their own pickups and they make a lot of their own stuff and they're very, uh, self, uh, reliant on, on a lot of things. And, uh, you know, John had mentioned, uh, I, I said that, yeah, these pickups are just fantastic. And he's like, well, thank you. They're ours. And, and, uh, you know, if you are interested as a guitar builder, uh, we would be more than happy to, uh, offer you, you know, you can buy pickups from us. If you like these, we're happy to sell them to you and uh gave me great pricing and at that time i was happy uh using seymour duncan's and uh they're great pickups but these pickups accomplished the same things in the same manner and uh, i had the same feelings using them and i have the opportunity to get them from grover jackson so yes i'm going to do that cool. and uh, i was very happy to kind of be a cheerleader for for their pickups and so you know we kind of had that, that that business kind of uh relationship and a couple of years ago uh, my wife and I were out in California and uh, she was out out there for business and I was just tagging along and we went down to uh, Grover's shop and so you know we said hi to John and, and we got the tour and I got to you know chat with Mr. J and it just couldn't have been nicer and it, it was very hard for me and, and I'd spoken to him on the phone before you know uh -huh. a few times and and so we, we at least kind of had that, but, um, it, it was, it was really cool. And it was, I wasn't, you know, like, Oh my God, you're the greatest thing. You know, it's, it's, I, I really <laughs> held myself together. Um, I was gonna ask, did but, you want to say that? Well, sure. I always do. Yeah. I mean, and, and, uh, <laughs> it, but cool. when, when, when we're talking, we're standing by the, we're standing by, uh, they have a Plex machine. And okay. a Plex machine uh, does uh, fret leveling and it's computer controlled and it's to a very finite tolerances. And mm -hmm. that's a whole other argument. We're just going to put that aside. They have okay. a Plex machine and, and I think it's great. Um, <laughs> and so Rover's kind of talking about all these things that it does and, and why he likes it. And from a manufacturing standpoint, it makes perfect sense. But as he's telling me these things, he's just like looking at me like, not like, do you understand what I'm saying? But it's like, he's, he's locked in. I'm talking to you and he's, kind of, you know, speaking in a manner where I want you to, to hear what I'm saying. And, and it was, it was, he was very invested in the conversation and it wasn't like mm. I was going to, um, you know, I, I got to finally meet Ace Fraley a couple of months ago and I, I met, you know, Ace Fraley and it was, it was a, it was a, it was an idea. I mean, Ace was a nice enough guy and it was fine and he, and he was perfectly fine. But, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm in the same, uh, in the same idea, I'm meeting someone that is equally, as, as influential on my life yeah. and we're just a couple of dudes having a conversation about a Plex machine. Yeah. And, um, and as we're kind of, we, we had lunch and, and, uh, as we're kind of winding down, you know, I joked and they were, they were kind of moving the shop around and, and everything was kind of in disarray. And I, I joked with them. I'm like, Hey, you know, she's working. I'm, I got nothing to do this entire week. I'm here. I'll come and sweep. I can do whatever, you know, if, if I can help you move boxes or, or anything, I'm happy to do it. And, uh, and Grover is he's like, well, why don't you come down Friday afternoon? And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, just come on down Friday afternoon. I'm like, oh, oh, okay, I'll come, I'll come down Friday <laughs> afternoon. Awesome. And, and that entire week, you know, we had a, 
we had a complete interaction, you know, we, we got there, we took the tour, uh, we met the Grover. Yeah. Um, he was on, he was telling stories. The guy's got the greatest stories and like zero filter and it's, it's the best. Um, it, he is the best. And, uh, and, and so I got like the experience. It was fantastic. So as, as the week is going on, I'm like, well, you know, I, I messaged John. I, I like that on that Wednesday. I'm like, Hey, again, thank you so much. It was, thanks for taking the time. Cause you know, we were there for, you know, we ate up like two and a half hours or so of his time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, he's like, you know, and uh, thanks for, you know, I can come down on Friday, but I mean, if you guys are busy, you got guitars to build and John's like, it's totally fine. And you know, don't worry about it. And so I remember Friday morning, uh, I'm, I'm sitting in my rental car and I, I'm messaging Perry Ormsby and, uh, cause we, we pretty much talk every day. And, and so I message him. I'm like, dude, do I really, I mean, what am I going to do over there? I mean, it's like we, I, I, it was like, it's an hour and a half drive from where we were with the traffic okay. and you know, he's got work to do. What is it? You know, what is he doesn't need me coming down. And like, well, what, what are we, what's this going to be like? He's like, and then he kind of, uh, answered my question by explaining or, or restating all the things that his mind was processing when he came to the States and hung out on my house for a few days, kind of like, well, you know, what if Sully and I don't really get along in person? What if it's kind of, you know, and I'm like, all right, fine. So I, so I drove down and, um, and we just sat and talked for about you know three hours. And so, um, so for three hours, much like the answer to this question, <laughs> sorry. Um, so we, we kept in touch, um, the beginning of the year, uh, when I was getting ready for the NAM show and, and, uh, Perry, uh, we, we worked the, the arms we booth together and I, and, you know, I brought some of my guitars there and, and we had a great time. Um, but I had to ship my guitars somewhere. So I shipped them to Grover's shop and then, you know, I got to town and we picked them up and then we took them to the convention center and, uh, it was nice to get reacquainted and it was really cool because I could actually show him some of the guitars that I've built. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. And what's that and, like showing your guitar to, to Grover? It's a little weird. It, yeah. It's, it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you also go through the whole, like, is it, is, is it, is it good? Uh, and, and, you know, and, and you can tell, I can tell, you know, he's like looking at certain things and I'm like, what is he seeing? Mm-hmm. What is, what is he looking at? What is, what, 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 what? And you know, this is all my internal <laughs> monologue. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just smiling and like, Oh my God. And, uh, <laughs> You know, and he 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 was very complimentary and was very very kind and very gracious, like he always has been. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, fast forward to the spring. Um, as mentioned before, Grover does a lot of uh, you know building for other people, mm-hmm. and there are friends of mine um, who have Grover do uh, some building for them for certain things like, you know, uh, like bolt on necks, uh, somebody like my friend Doug Cower. And this is, again, not a secret, so it's okay. Okay. Um, uh, Grover builds uh, some bolt on necks for a project that Doug has leaked already. It's it's a new uh, line and kind of a a new brand called Titan. And it's it's uh, targeted at a much lower price point. And in order for Doug to do that, it made sense for him to kind of have the next made elsewhere. And okay. so, um, you know, Doug had asked me, Hey, do you know anybody that or any resources where I could have, you know, OEM next made? I'm like, yeah, dude, call Grover. So I got them in touch. And so, uh, I've kind of had those conversations and facilitated that for a few people. Um, 
and you know Perry's gonna be he's got plans to do something and it kind of facilitated all that and as I'm kind of in the middle of that I'm like well, I could do that um and uh so I'm like well hang on a minute Mr. J uh you know I I see pricing and I, I understand what what this stuff looks like and then so um I'm like well why don't we do something and he's like okay and, uh, so I sent, uh, the, the plan was to do the carved top version of the 71 model, yeah. uh, which is the, uh, the 71 Trella kind of like, you know, with, with like Les Pauls, you've got a, a Les Paul studio, you've got a Les Paul standard, you got a sure. so on and so forth. Um, there's a 71 student, uh, which is a hark to my Jackson fanboyism. There's a 71 limited, which is the most common version. And the 71 Trella is, uh, essentially a limited but with a carved top on it and you can see all this at sullyguitars.com um and uh so i thought that if we're gonna do something i wanted to do something special and uh this particular model has oh uh, it's obviously very special to me because i designed it completely you know in my in my head and uh i thought that it would be really cool to do so we're going through this process and we're talking about you know, things we're having multiple conversations and this is, you know, early spring of, of this year, 2016. And, and I said, you know, okay, so when we get this in the, in the build channel, do you think that we could maybe organize it in a manner that like, maybe I come out that week and maybe help. And I'm kind of like asking this question and I'm kind of like cowering inside, like, please don't. I mean, like, you can say no. And it's just like, please don't yell at me. And he's like, Oh, Oh, Oh yeah. You're welcome here anytime. And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> and, and so um, that's the goal. So that's ticket. what we did. That's really it was. It was insane. <laughs> so um, you know, and then it kind of it, it kind of progressed from there. And um, so in July, when we were starting the construction, um, you know, I, uh, I I we planned it and we set the dates. And I was out there for you know for a week and. You know, and, and even just to kind of if that wasn't cool enough that I'm going to be, you know, building guitars with Grover and his team and all that, um, you know, he's he's like, well, you know, did you get your hotel and all that stuff situated? And I'm like, well, no, not yet, because we were still kind of figuring out when I was going to go out there. He's like, well, yeah, I got a couch. You can just stay on my couch if you want. Don't, <laughs> don't worry about getting a hotel. And I'm like, are you serious? And, and, uh, and, and he's like, yeah, it's fine. And. And it, yeah, it's fine. Of course, it, it's fine that I get to go and stay at your house for a week. It, it was it was nuts, dude. Um, but I will say that um, I got a really great perspective on how hard he works. Okay. Because he works seven hour uh, seven hours a day. He works seven days a week, mm-hmm. uh, wow. generally fourteen hours a day. Um, so. Our our week was we are up at five, we are out the door at five fifteen, and yeah. we're working generally until about seven eight o'clock at night, and then we go and get dinner, and then you know Grover again, like I said, he's got a ton of stories, and even when he's exhausted, you get him on stories, he'll he'll get rolling, yeah. And so sometimes awesome. we'll be up, we'll be up just talking till like twelve thirty, wow, and then so it's like cool. we look at the time like oh my god, it's we. we dude we we should get some sleep he's like oh yeah yeah all right see you in the morning and um and and it was it was nuts so uh and as we we got closer to uh the 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 first guitar um the the first three guitars of this uh, we're we're building a total of 20 15 are going to dealers Mm -hmm. um 
initially. And, you know, I've got some spares and stuff to, that I can, I can replenish as they sell. Um, and, uh, oh, geez, I lost my... Oh, so the, the one of my dealers is in Southern California. And because the, the plan is that they were going to do... Uh, they would continue to build what needed to be done after I left. Yeah. Um, they were doing the paintwork. And then they're going to send them all to me um, to do... I do all the fret work. Um, you know, all the setup, all the assembly, all the wiring, stuff like that, uh-huh. and then ship them out to the dealers. And, uh, but since there's a, one of my dealers in California, it made the most sense for them to finish those three in house sure. and then they'll go out. And so, uh, those three actually are done like as of this afternoon. Oh, wow. So That's I, awesome. I got a picture. Yeah. We, we've been, uh, we were waiting on a little component of the cases to be done. And so that's done and I'm, really relieved um and so i i I posted it on instagram so if you follow sully guitars on instagram you'll see it but by the time you hear this podcast you'll see a whole bunch more so um it's it's crazy it is it's absolutely insane um the guitars are shipping with little you know certificates that that you know grover and i both signed and um i have a ton of pictures uh while i was out there um yeah i i took I took a diary of like everything we did each day uh-huh. um, just so I could have it. I'm not, you know, I have no plans to, you know, make that available online. And, and, but it was, it was really great because it not only, you know, I, I, I've never had the opportunity. Uh, I never really had someone to teach me how to build. And, you know, there's never really a time that someone was standing next to me as I'm turning on, you know, a router that's got, you know, a spinny bit of death that can, you know, maim me. There's yes. never anyone to say, Oh no, no, don't do that. Um, I had to do stuff uh, all on my own and it was really neat to, um, you know, do something as, as trivial as like, you know, getting inlays pressed in and getting them flushed with the fretboard and showing them to someone and go like this. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah. be like, yeah, dude, that's perfect. I'm like, oh, thanks. And it's you know something, something just that that small. It was it was really rewarding. And when we were um, kind of working on the neck profiles, um, because I mean, all the Grover stuff is done on a CNC uh, CNC machines. And I do want to say uh, there are misconceptions about what CNC machines can and can't do. Mm-hmm. It's not like you put a tree in a machine, hit a button, and it's a guitar. It's it's there's a ton of work. Sure. Um, but is as we were. I was going to ask you about CNC work because you you don't use a CNC machine. I don't use a CNC uh, for much. The okay. only thing that I do use CNC for right now, outside of the Grover stuff, are uh, my fretboard inlays. Okay, that's it because th- that's one of those things that so like all my inlays are very small. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot of straight lines, and if it, it has to look perfect because it's one of those things that if the, the guitar can play great. But if your inlay is shifted, like if you've got a set of dot inlays and yeah. one of your dots are like shifted way over, it's yeah. going to look terrible and everyone's going to think that's a crap guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if it isn't. Yes. And it's, so it's, yeah. it, it's your inlays have to be perfect. I mean, everything has to be perfect. But inlays and your paintwork, th- those are things that uh, will really, you know, can really make or break something. So um, I, I'm fortunate now to work with some very talented painters. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, and so that's really been a help. That's awesome. But yeah, so with the, with the CNC stuff, you know, we're kind of talking about necks, and and 
ideas and theories behind, you know, you can have a thin neck, but you can make the profile so it fills your hand. So it feels full in your hand, even though it's thin. Okay. Going along with that getting out of your way kind of thing. And, yeah. and it's, there was a lot of things that, you know, I just jotted down just because I knew that I would go back to them and, and absorb and think about. Um, but, you know, it was really cool last night. Uh, as I was kind of winding it down for the evening, I got a text from Grover and it's, uh, I can, I can read it for me. One, one thing that's also fun about him is that, uh, he is great with texting and his emoji game is on point. He sends emojis <laughs> like it's, and it's kind of funny cause I mean, he's like 67 years old and, uh, you don't expect to see, you know, emojis, but, uh, so yeah, last night it's, it's the first two are done and I'm really sorry you're not here. Badass. And he said, Paul will send uh, Paul uh, is uh, on, it works there with uh, with him. He's like Paul will, will send photos tomorrow, but they're really really good, and um, that was pretty cool to hear because yeah. this was something that uh, both he and I were very involved in. Um, we've been working on this since April, mm-hmm. and you know as we're kind of talking about this you know, I know how long it takes for a guitar to be built. And it's like, you know, we're talking, okay, so we're in July. And I'm like, so we should probably start seeing things like at the end of October, right? And he's like, oh, geez, I hope before then. I'm like, okay. But, you know, I know what the paint process is like and all the things that can go wrong and this, that, and the other thing. So, you know, and it's it's here we are at the end of October and uh, it's, it's starting to wind down. Um, so it's it's kind of like uh, you, you, you've, on the, you've done the roller coaster and you're still on the ride, but you're kind of starting to come into the station and you're, you're, you've got all the excitement of what you just experienced and you kind of want to go on the ride again and you kind of don't want to get off. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I've got a little bit of that that I'm kind of processing, but it's, uh, I, I'm really excited about these guitars uh, and th- this batch of them. Um, and uh, there are going to be six of them that are going to be coming to Australia. Yeah, that's heaps cool. That's really great. And uh, yeah, I've, I've got a few dealers uh, in the United States and then two. Uh, one is in, in Queensland and uh, the other is in Perth. And, uh, you know, I can, I can, you can go to sellyguitars.com and you can get all that information. But um, it's fun and it's going to be, it's going to be really neat to see um, people's responses to this because, it's it's you know I, I've seen these these guitars in general you know like this particular model in general since since I sketched it in two thousand nine yeah wow and you know and and it's been such a big part of my life for this this time yeah. um, and to see it go from a sketch to now something that you know I, I'm building with Grover and like one of the guitars my own personal guitars um, it has a pinstripe paint job that is very similar to the pinstripes on randy's guitar yeah man i was gonna mention that one when you when you brought up paint i i did a batch uh a small batch of uh separately of the 71 model um but i kind of took the aesthetics of randy's white v and i mixed it with the 71 that's awesome and the thing the thing that i really liked about it is that the paintwork and the stripes uh, the pinstripes were done by the same guy that did Randy's. That's awesome. That's so cool. It's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, um, you know, to, to go through all of this, this, this whole project has been so near and dear and it's so much a part of my yeah, past yeah. 
It's so much a part of my present. It's so much a part of my future. And, you know, I don't know that Grover and I are going to build another batch of these guitars because this is, you know, eventually I'm, I'm going to transition into CNC on my own. Yeah. And this the entire time, this was just my thought was, well, let's just do an experiment. Let's just have some fun. Let's just do this together. It's like something that Perry and I talk about, you know, from time to time um, is if you have an idea, just try it. Yeah, it could be fun. It could be great fun. It could be, you know, it might fail and, you know, you take mitigate your risks and that sort of thing. But, you know, if, you, if you've got an idea for a guitar or something, build one, run up the flagpole. The yeah, worst thing cool. that happens is it doesn't work. No one's going to die as a result of it. So um, it's been it's been insane. So but it's it's very rewarding. And I know that I'm going to look back on this time and be very glad that I wrote all this stuff down. That's that's so cool. So this is yeah, wow. This is an incredibly exciting time. Hey, this. I mean, as you said, it's the culmination it of a really lot of is, years yeah. and a lot of these important figures and yeah, it's that's, it's, that's really it's, really that's just so cool. It's uh, you know, there's never not a time when I don't reflect on uh, how fortunate I am to uh, be able to do this. But you know, it's also one of those things too where it's another. It, to me, it's it's the perfect example of how important it is. Sorry, how important networking is with mm-hmm. others. Yeah, because it's not like Grover was uh, looking online for. You know, there's not like a Google search for guitar builder fans of mine, or maybe there is. I don't know. But I mean, it's not like he sought me out and yeah, and you know yeah. stowed you know some sort of hey Sonny and I'm gonna show you everything and take you under my wing and you know. We started very much with a, a very business relationship, mm. and um, you know, and, and it's it's cool to, you know, he's he's been on some podcasts, and you know, he's mentioned me coming out there, and and it's cool to hear him go, you know, my friend Sully at Sully Guitars, I'm like, oh my god, that's cool. Um, <laughs> but you know, this happened because connections that I've made within what I do, yeah. and um, you know, it, it, it's important to network and get out there and meet people that do what you do and uh keep doing that because you never know when it's going to lead yeah that's cool is um is now a good time to ask you what's coming up next or are you, are you just sure man load of guitars yeah, no, are going have you got uh, have you got the next thing in mind yeah well so <clears throat> this this grover project was really kind of um it, it, it was it, it's a it's a it, Oh my God, English. There are a few <laughs> things that this Grover project will serve. Because uh, one of the things that was, uh, I, I want to have more guitars out each year. Yeah. And, you know, because I can only make so many by myself. And it is truly me in my garage, yeah. bands on my router, templates, all that stuff. Yeah, um, and, uh, you know, I can only make so many in a year. And I'm making more this year than I did last year. And that's great. Uh, but one of the things that I've had over the few years was dealer interest. And, you know, if you're going to work with the dealer, um, obviously you're not going to sell your guitars to your, to your dealer, or to your reseller at the same price as you would if someone was buying direct sure. because, you know, they've got the dealer markup and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but if I'm just building guitars by myself, it's not beneficial to me to have a dealer network because if you want me to build you a guitar for price A and this dealer says, well, I want that same guitar uh, for price a minus a percentage, I'm going to sell it to you, you know, yeah, because it's why, right. So this Grover project, 
uh, will also supply a dealer chain. Yeah, cool. So yeah, so that so that's it serves that purpose too. And you know, we can do other models and we can do other things, and so that's great. But the the things that I started out this year wanting to do is I wanted to introduce three new models. And, uh, you know, discontinue a couple Mm -hmm. and, uh, I am wrapping those up. So, uh, one of the models that I redesigned was, uh, a model called the Raven. And yes, every single guitar company in the world at one point or another has had a model called the Raven. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so this is just one of mine. And, uh, you know, it, it was initially based on, uh, the Firebird Firebird? shape with the exception of, it was based off of a Jackson Firebird, which is much different from a Gibson Firebird because it's a different shape. The neck joins the body at a different place. Uh-huh. Um, they're better balanced. And most Jackson Firebirds don't have that neck dive like a Gibson Firebird will. Wow. Like, you know, you kind of put the strap on, you kind of let go, and it goes. It's because it's so yeah. long, yeah. and the headstock is so big, and the body is so thin. So if you make the body a little thicker and you kind of put your balance in different places and things like that, you kind of sort that out. But yeah. um I love on your Raven too um, the the raised center wood that it's different sweeping. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. That is cool. Thank you. You've and, got it again. Our listeners have to look it up to know what I'm talking about. But it's just it's not the big clunky middle part, right? Which is also cool. I, I really like that. But, it is cool. But yours is, it is cool. Graceful. The problem. Thank you. Um, and also, you know, I kind of, I, I, I did redesign that shape. It's a little bit smaller. Uh-huh. Um, the other problem, and here, actually, I can, I can illustrate this to you because we're talking on video. Wow. So this was the very first Raven that I built. Um, wow. It has. Can uh, I screenshot you, Sally? Sure, man. Um, Beautiful. So this graphic that's on it is the, uh, is the flag for the city of Chicago. So oh, I call okay. this my homesick guitar. Nice. And. I don't know if you can tell. I don't know if you can hear it. It does have, you know, it's like the, these blinds are getting in the way and not really helping. Let me see if I can adjust that. Oops, wrong way. Let's see if we can. I think that's going to help. Okay, so you can see this also has that raised center. Yeah, I guess yeah. you can probably see it better if I go this way. There you go. Yeah, awesome. So the problem with this raised center is that it's a painter's nightmare because you've got this hard 90-degree angle right here and it can be hard to get enough clear coat in that 90 degree angle it's also really hard to buff it out because uh when you're buffing a guitar uh you can if you spend too much time in one place burn through the clear coat it always happens at least once and it happens to everybody and it's just part of the process but so what one of the things that i wanted to address i'm trying to put this back here so it won't like there we go um one of the things that i wanted to address uh, oh, and also duh, with this guitar here is that so with, with the Jackson style, um, you can see that the body joins the neck around the 17th fret, Okay. Yep. which which you can see here. It's yep. kind of tough to get upper fret access. Sure. So what I started doing was contouring oh, yeah. the back of that way out. It's yep. super sculpted out, yeah, nice. um, but still it's still it's better, but it wasn't quite there. Okay. So with the redesign of that model. I wanted to fix that, and I did. And uh, I also wanted to kind of incorporate some of the stylistics of, or some of the style of the '71 in with the Raven. So it's got, so it's got that hook on the bottom. Okay. Kind of like a '71 does. It's yeah, not the cool. same, but it's it's kind of a unification, and we're kind okay. of keeping things nice. in line with each other. And I also wanted to change that raised center portion. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm, but also with that raised center portion, um, I cut it 
in a manner so it's not a hard 90 degree angle. So I wanted to make it easier for my paint guy to not hate his life, <laughs> you know, okay. but it, you know, it, it, so I wanted to make it easier for him to paint, which, yeah. so it's, it's got a sculpt, it's, it's sculpted out. So it's not a hard corner. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are, uh, I've already built some of the, the redesigned Ravens and you can see them on the website. And, uh, I have one that's in the paint process right now and, uh, two that are in raw construction and you should, I, believe i will bring one of them with me uh, at the nam show okay. so if you are at nam in uh, january come and say hi and check out the new raven yeah. um, there's also a new model called the stardust and the stardust was uh something that i g- kind of came out of my friendship with paul roney my podcast partner mm-hmm. so Paul Roney makes very different guitars from what i do we come from a completely yeah, different yeah. aesthetic completely different point what paul's paul's favorite guitars were like supros and the old valco guitars from the you know 50s and 60s and stuff and that's kind of where he's coming from a design standpoint and he's also from like that offset crowd which to me i've never been a fan of like Uh the jazz masters and stuff because it's it's like those guitars weren't even on my radar as a kid because sure you know um i probably never saw one until sonic youth you know yeah um not very and uh yeah, no, they're not very pointy and, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, but so in becoming friends with Paul yeah. and, you know, we're doing the podcast on a, on a pretty regular basis and, you know, you get to know someone, some of their, you know, things, may, some of their things may rub off on you. That sounds terrible. But, you know, <laughs> you, you, you pick up a little bit of each other's sensibilities, as yeah, yeah. it were. And uh, so I thought to myself, so what if we took the 71 body shape, split it up into quadrants like we did earlier? Uh-huh flip some pieces around and then mix it with an offset. <laughs> and I was talking to, to Paul and this sounds like a terrible idea, but if you go, I, I think that, I think there's a start. I think I have a page for the stardust on the website. Okay. Um, and, uh, I should actually have the first one back from paint, uh, next Wednesday. Um, and it was kind of a collaboration between Paul and I, and I, so I wanted it to have those aesthetic points to it, but I also wanted it to like, look like something that Bowie would have played oh, because, yeah. At this time, Bowie had just passed, and I'm still sure. really bummed out about it. And um, so I wanted to have something that was going along with – we're talking about um, you know, what I appeal to. And yes, so I've got some 80s guys. I've got some more, more modern people. Mm-hmm. And so this is like a modern, pointy uh, offset. Cool. So it, to me, it'll be interesting – It'll be interesting to me how 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 that one's received, but I think that I will be bringing one of those to Nam. Um, and then the third uh, model is just a, a pointy V, and you know I've got the Galaxy V, which is your your uh, more traditional round horn V, but you won't see yeah. pick guards and stuff like that on it. Uh-huh. Um, and that's symmetrical, isn't it? Your Galaxy? It is. Yep. Yeah, because that's one of those things that that I won't touch is the Rhodes design because yeah. it's it's perfect. Uh-huh. You can't. There are certain things in the in the, the this guitar world uh that are so um to to me at least that are so ingrained with another manufacturer uh-huh. that if you make it no matter what you do it's going to look like a copy okay yeah, so yeah. even if i made a Rhodes body with one of my headstocks on it sure. it's 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 going to look like a knockoff yeah um things like uh like uh, les paul standard like those trapezoid inlays i would never put those on one of my guitars because it's like it brings it closer to a Les Paul and I don't want that. I want things to have their own identity. So, um, so the galaxy V will, I've not said this out loud actually. Um, 
to anyone really uh so we'll, we'll throw it on a podcast that'll be fun the galaxy oh. v will most likely be discontinued in 2017 okay. which is kind of a drag because i like building them yeah uh and they're pretty popular so the question is well why the hell would you get rid of it <laughs> um well that yeah, yeah why well uh although you could put a galaxy v right next to a Gibson flying V and have no confusion between the two manufacturers. Mm. Um, Gibson does have that V shape uh, protected as trade dress. And, you know, uh, so I want to make sure that, that I don't have any problems with that sort of thing, you know, because it it can get very expensive. It can, you know, it's, it's also abused greatly on Gibson's point. Um, quite frankly. And, uh, but anyway, so I want to kind of make some changes. Yeah, cool. um, so what's, what's the new one? What's, what's so the ideas the, have you got? The, it's, well, it's, it's, it, I hate to say this. It's basically a King V and it's one of those things where it's <laughs> like, I don't want to do this. Um, because that, that pointy V is perfect. Yeah. Um, However, it kind of, you know, there are other manufacturers that kind of have that same shape. I did make some changes. Um, it's actually probably a little bit closer to, uh, I was very surprised to, to see this, the, the Washburn Parallax, which is um, they're making for Ola England. Okay. And, yeah. uh, and actually Grover is maybe building them for Washburn soon. Okay. Um, but so he had one of the, one of their models, one of the prototypes at his house as a, as a sample guitar. And I'm like, Oh crap! It's almost line for line, and it's like I'd already built the guitar, and it's really done, and it's, wow. Know, yeah, so it's you know <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen with that, but um, so that one's a revolution, and uh, that one uh, I came up with the name with that. I was um, just sitting on the couch at night, and uh, Prince had passed recently, and and uh, mm-hmm. Purple Rain was on TV, and there's a scene before the the band starts playing, and it's just the announcer is like, "Ladies and gentlemen." the revolution. And like, I heard that. I'm like, Oh my God, that's a great name for a guitar. So, um, it's so, you know, I kind of, it's all lowercase with like the V and uppercase to try and, you know, put like a little nod to the way that Prince wrote this thing. Cause I mean, it's like, if you look at it, it's like, there's nothing about it that says, yeah, Prince would play that guitar. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, so I've got the redesign Raven, which is out the stardust, which you can see some early photos of, right. um, the revolution is in paint. I should have it in about a couple of weeks. And the one, the, the prototype is beautiful. Yeah. And, um, that might be at Nam. I don't know. But, yeah. uh, so that was really been the focus before the Grover stuff kind of yeah. happened was getting new models out, mm-hmm. um, and just really getting the brand out there. I am starting to talk with some people, uh, some, some players, uh, who are artists that I enjoy that, you know, I may need to get some guitars to, yeah. um, and uh, be looking at doing more of that in 2017. Okay. And uh, yeah, man, I think that's 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 my best answer to the question of what's next. Yeah, cool. That's a pretty good answer. That's great. Oh, thanks. Exciting <laughs> times, man. Well, that's that's cool. We we probably haven't got time to talk about the luthier stuff than to say it's a great podcast. And for me, I'm not a guitar builder, but I love guitars, obviously. Uh-huh. And I dig the show. I, I dig. I still learn heaps about guitars and the business of well, making them and getting them out there, which is thoroughly fascinating, even when you're talking about sanding and right angles and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I appreciate that. Um, cool. it's, uh, you know, the, the, the Luthierist podcast is a, is a fun podcast that, that we do weekly. And, um, 
I, I had joked with Paul on a, on a previous episode, maybe the, the, the one I did just before the most current one with Perry, uh, is that we need to maybe do a, a short podcast about what this podcast is and what it isn't. Because <laughs> quite frankly, um, we're drunk most of the time <laughs> and we're just talking about work. Uh, it, it, well, a lot of the earlier ones that I was on are, are, are like that. So it's kind of like, you know, going to a bar with a couple of guys that build guitars uh-huh. and, you know, we're all having beers and whatnot and yeah. we're just talking and yeah, sometimes it gets real messy <laughs> and I can understand that it might be a tough listen on your commute <laughs> to work, uh, to listen to a couple of guys that may not be super sober, talk about stainless steel frets or, uh-huh. uh, you know, things of that nature. Uh, but you know, there are, uh, I don't want to scare people from listening. Um, there <laughs> are, uh, we've done a lot more interviews. Like I've interviewed a bunch of friends in the industry yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Paul has too. And um, we are generally sober and have it far more together during <laughs> those times than <laughs> when we get drunk and go through the Stuart McDonald catalog. But yes, the, the Luthierist podcast is a thing. Of all the podcasts that I do, that is one of them. Yes, nice. <laughs> nice. Well, I'm, I'm a fairly recent, I've probably been listening the last few months, so it, it seems reasonably coherent. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So it, it's been a, it's been, um, a more concerted effort to not be a big mess like <laughs> maybe like this summer so if you're only like a couple of if you're if you're starting at at, at your more more recent stuff yeah and you know, staying current just stay current okay. don't, don't 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 go back there <laughs> we just did our 99th episode yeah, today yeah wow so i don't know what we're gonna do for our 100th episode but uh we'll I guess we'll get we'll get drunk and go through this two mac catalog <laughs> for old <laughs> Not times. Again. Not again. Yeah, good times. Awesome. All right. Hey, well, Sully, thank you so much. This has been really cool. I've um, man, it's been awesome hearing about all your your journey as a builder and um, and the Grover story is amazing and uh, really exciting that you've got a whole bunch of new stuff coming up as well. So there's a whole. Oh, thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. I know that uh, you know. I don't know if you have time restraints on your podcast. I'm looking. I'm like, okay, wow. We're going like over an hour. Usually people tune out, but hey, that's okay. I, 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 uh, I'm happy to talk as long as anybody else, will, you know, for as long as anyone else will have me. Yeah. And, uh, cool. you know, I, I like talking with people and, uh, you know, podcasting is fun. So any, Definitely. any chance I can to, to do that, I am game. So, you know, I, I really appreciate you reaching out. Yeah. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Um, cool. Well, we should stay in touch and, um, we'll definitely be looking out for your guitars here in Australia and, and uh and seeing what the future brings with that as well so that's that's really cool. absolutely all right well sully thanks again man and um yeah we'll talk again sounds good thanks man cheers all right there you go i had a great time talking to sully and uh some of those visual guitar descriptions obviously you need to check out his website sully guitars to uh to get the visuals on that and i will share that screenshot I took of uh, Sully's homesick guitar, which looks awesome. Um, I should note the Australian distributors for those 71 models are Hawks Music in Western Australia and Tone Town Music in Queensland. All right, thanks for joining me. I'm going to let Sully take it out in a moment with his comments on Kiss and also his, uh, his guitar playing which will be a cool way to finish the show. Um, but hey, remember we are on Facebook and Instagram if you want to get in touch. If you want to add anything, if you've got anything to say about Kiss or anything else we've talked about in the show, drop us a line, make a comment, get involved. 
Uh, we're also on iTunes and Stitcher, so you can subscribe to us there. Really easy to, to subscribe using those um, using those areas. Also, you can just get our episodes from guitarspeakpodcast.libsyn.com, which is kind of like the direct site as well. So uh, if you're enjoying the episodes, please share them around. It's um, It always helps us get the word out. Hey, there's some great interviews coming up. I am booking interviews like crazy at the moment. So some really good stuff coming up. So stay tuned. All right, thanks again. And uh, I'll catch you next time. Back to you, Sully. So my thoughts on the idea of this whole uh, licensing of the Spaceman character to Tommy Thayer or to whomever may be the lead guitar player for Kiss, uh, it's, it's a little... It's a little nuanced. So the fast answer is that I think it's lame. Now, the, I guess, more complete answer is, uh, you know, I understand that in order for the band or the idea, well, in order for the brand to continue, they have to tour in makeup. It's it's obvious. These guys are... Uh, well into their 60s and uh you know i i would like to be as fortunate as paul stanley and look as you know look as good as paul stanley does in his 60s when i get there uh should that happen uh but you know let's be realistic they would look like really old men especially gene simmons um and that's you know that's a bad look and people aren't going to go see and people are gonna you know it's it's not going to be uh, received well so Cool. We're resigned to the fact that they've got to wear makeup. The the argument that Paul and Gene have often said, or maybe not argument, but you know, the the response has always been, you know, Kiss is uh, it's more of a brand recognition kind of thing. Because let's face it, I mean, Kiss is yes, technically they're a band, but really they're a brand, and uh, that happens to a lot of bands once they have been successful for a long amount of time. Um, they kind of stop being an entity, uh, as it were, or, or a band really, and, and they're just more of like this this idea. Um, I could like you know, Ozzy, for example. Uh, sure, he'll put out a record every now and again, but it's not good. It's just it's like here's music that sounds like Ozzy. It's not inspired. It's same thing with uh, you know Aerosmith. Um, although they really break my heart, but uh, Aerosmith, um, Motley Crue. Uh, Nikki Six is is absolutely a brand, and it, that kind of sucks because I mean, it was someone that I really looked up to for a long time, and um, you know whatever. But people also have the right to earn a living and do whatever they need to do to uh, make sure that they can do that. So uh, that's kind of the 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 reality of it is in order for Kiss to to continue, they got to have makeup on, and they've decided that what Kiss is this brand is these four faces. I think that's open to interpretation, really, uh, because when, you know, Eric Carr joined the band and he had his own makeup and, and his own little, you know, look, um, it's not like everybody shunned the band because of because of that, you know, and, you know, with Vinnie Vincent, you know, it's it's he had his own makeup and then uh, quite frankly, it was a little silly. So that one could kind of make the argument for here's why they need to be those those four faces. Um but the thing that I think is is a little bit, it, it gets to the point where it's, 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 you almost feel like you're being flat out lied to, is 
you know, Paul sings his songs, Gene sings his songs, uh, Eric sings the Peter Chris songs, but then again, you know, Eric Carr used to sing Black Diamond, so there's there's at least a precedent there. Um, but then to have Tommy uh, Tommy Thayer play, you know, the Ace Frehley songs, and it's just weird um, to not. I, and I guess you know Tommy Thayer did like his own song to be kind of like a shock me kind of thing. I, I've I've really stopped paying attention, um, but I think it's weird, and I think it's a little dishonest, sort of. Um, and I've, I'm really you know, expanding upon this way too long. And, and, you know, clearly I've given this a whole lot of thought, but yeah, I think it's kind of lame. I, I think I, I understand. I totally understand why they do that. And, you know, here's the, the rub though, is that if they called me and said, um, Hey man, we want you to play guitar in the band. Uh, really excited to have you. Um, it's going to be great. You're going to join us on tour. You'll be on the albums and, you know, and I'd be like, yeah, cool. And, but you know, you got to wear this suit. And I think to myself, well, hmm, um, yeah, I'd do that. 